The sun's a shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an old Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver, so ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is the best of talk of champions brought to you by Modern Woodman. Joining me now on the Modern Woodman phone line is Jordan Tiamu, former Ole Miss quarterback. Jordan, what's up, man? How you doing? What's up? Doing good. Just living life. What is up in your world right now, Jordan? I know you've gone to the Houston Texans. You've done this, that, and the other. What's the update with you? Yes, sir. So um, I was in Houston Texans for the whole preseason and then, uh, Went down to Jacksonville for a workout uh, with the Jaguars. And then uh, a couple of days later, went to the Giants in New York. Did a little workout there. And I, uh, right after that, I flew back to Oxford, Mississippi, where I usually just, this is like my neutral spot. Um, easy for me to travel everywhere. So right now, um, I'm looking into the XFL and uh, could possibly sign to a team in St. Louis called the Battlehawks. So, um, I'm pretty excited about that, and that's where I am at in uh, my life right now. You mentioned coming back to Oxford. Every time you come back, does it feel like you never left? Yeah, honestly, it just it's always great to come back to Oxford. It's like honestly my second home, and people are great here still, and I still have love and support everywhere, and and friends and uh, family friends who always support me. So it's always great coming back. Have you paid attention to Ole Miss football this year? Oh yes, I definitely have, and always will be but uh definitely been paying attention this year and the way they started and the way they're going right now and i think it can only get better from from where they're at what is your impression of things the quarterback situation is what everybody's paying attention to right now matt corral backed you up 
He was the starter. Gets hurt. John Rice Plumley showed at Alabama that he's capable. Grant Tisdale, too. You know these guys. You know this team. You know Matt especially. So what in your mind is the quarterback situation? What's your view of it? I think they're all great quarterbacks all around, and the team is lucky to have either one in the game and either one being the leader of the team. So I'm just super stoked for whoever will be the starting quarterback. And just looking at Matt, the first four of the first, the first like three to four games, I felt like he did a good job just playing and being a leader out there. And there's some stuff he, he can fix just to become better. And um, the way John, uh, the way John came in and, and uh, kind of just took that second row position, like how I did and really used his opportunity out there. It's just, it's just a, like an awesome feeling for me to see that happen because I know that quarterback room is, is talented all around. And having John out there for his first start against Alabama, the way he performed, actually, I was really impressed with that and, and everything he'd done. So um, it's a great quarterback room all around. And, and they're young guys, so they have uh, a, lot, a lot to learn from and a lot to get better at and more games for experience. So I'm excited about that quarterback room. What was your relationship like with Matt? And when you got your eyes on him first, when you saw Matt Corral for the first time, what were your impressions and how yeah. far did he come in his first year? Uh, when I first saw him in practice, uh, I thought this guy was a tremendous leader. I was like, I, I thought he was a really good player and how fast and how quick he can learn something and how he can really have a voice in the quarterback room. And that's what I felt like he was always that, that guy to always push me and I was always push him back and, um, we'd always get get each other better, but he had a tremendous arm, tremendous brain, and he knew exactly what to do when the defense was out there. So uh, uh, when I was there, he was he was a tremendous player sitting right behind me, and no doubt if I went down, I knew he was going to perform um, just as good. You got DK performing in Seattle. You got AJ shining yep. in Tennessee. Greg starting for the Carolina Panthers. Dawson's balling out for Buffalo. When you see all these Here's guys, through. your offense, it's got to be a prideful thing for you. Yeah, it's awesome just seeing everybody just doing doing their job and doing good, and it's just an awesome guy, just awesome, just an awesome feeling just to watch my teammates and the offense we had last year just go out there in the NFL and kill it because I knew exactly that they were going to do that. Anybody on our team could could go out there and compete, and that's what they did. So, do you still keep up with those guys? Yes, yeah, to talk to them here and there whenever they have time. You know, just during season, so it's kind of tough, but um, um, I, I still try to reach out whenever I can. Dawson's one of my good friends, so uh, we've been close since we've been here. So I've been, uh, he's been uh, keeping us updated with stuff and seeing how everything is. But all the other guys are just kind of mutual. We just all kind of just check up on each other. So what's up with Dawson not getting the ball last year? What happened? We had we had great receivers outside. <laughs> um, we needed protection inside the box, so we brought the tight end in most of the most of the time just so our outside guys are in our slot can have freedom routes and uh we really didn't have much um design um plays just for the tight end we kind of just had a design plays for everyone and i kind of go through my progression and i kind of just if i see if i see an open guy right there boom i'm gonna hit it right now i'm not gonna wait for the next read and mostly it's all the time the tight end is usually my second or third read um in the play in the playbook so um, it's been really tough um, to get him the ball. But when we did get him the ball, it would, it would be a lot of yards after the catch and critical third down. So, Because I'll be honest with you, Jordan, I've been critical of Phil Longo, and I liked Phil personally. Yeah. But the offense and, yeah. like you mentioned, scheming, 
uh, for a guy like Dawson, who's a talented tight end, I just felt like there could have been more done there. What was your relationship like with Phil? Again, I liked him a yeah. lot personally, but offensively, did you think it was a good fit? I like Phil Longo a lot too. Just I like the numbers he put up and the the just the way he wanted to scheme for our outside receivers and our our guys like AJ inside. But uh, I just wish we had more plays with the tight end, like towards the goal line, and that's where we struggled at was in the red zone. And I just wish we had more plays with with our tight end to get get the ball more and score and just schemes here and there. But uh, Phil Longo was a he was a great coach to me, and um, I like the way he did his offense and. Everything else is just a pass offense, and I love passing. I love read option plays and RPOs, and I loved everything about it. I just wish we had more plays with the tight end involved. This is not to be disrespectful towards anyone, but I said this earlier, and defensively the numbers have gotten better. They're not great yet, but last year's defense, it was tough. Man, if y'all had this defense on last year's offense, y'all winning eight games. I was looking at that this year. I was like, everyone was telling me, dude, the defense is great, the defense is great. And when I first – Went out there and saw them against Memphis, saw them um, against Cal performing like that. And Arkansas, I was really impressed with the way they came out. And I was, I told people myself, I said, if we had this kind of defensive scheme last year, I think we would have won eight-plus games and uh, we wouldn't have to score that much points, you know. So it was just really – I'm really excited about this defense this year and the way they're looking. And I wish we had the offense that we had last year. Yeah, because offensively, man, y'all are something special. And your route to that starting job, everyone knows it at this point. It's unique. We could talk about the JUCO, which I want to touch on in a second. But first off, when you got the news that Shea was leaving and this was your team, there's going to be no competition. It was obviously Jordan is going to be the starting quarterback. How did you take ownership of that? How did you take it and run with it? What was your approach immediately when you knew it was your job for good? My approach was, hey, this is is just the beginning. I'm going to – Got to go out there and show them that I'm willing to be the starting quarterback and that I deserve it and that I worked hard for it. And I'm not going to let anyone come in and take it. And I knew in my head, I knew it wasn't going to be given to me. I knew it was just going to be a hard route. I know I made sure that I was going to be the leader. I was going to be uh, the right guy for the offense and the right guy for the team. And I made sure I gave it my my all in practice and in the games and uh, to prove that I can be the quarterback here can prove that I can play with the guys in the SEC and that's honestly how I looked at it and I kind of just took that mindset took my confidence with me and uh, ran with it so that's what I did what was your recruitment like out of high school because you you were a very little seen guy you weren't a highly ranked guy how did you get to that New Mexico Juco and I know Dan Warner was instrumental in getting you to Ole Miss but how did that all kind of shake out it was just a crazy experience out of high school um my coaches were working really hard to get me to sign with uh, University of Hawaii. They're trying to make them offer me, but they try to give me a walk-on spot as a safety. My parents didn't have the funds to do that. So it was funny because how um, the coaches at a junior college were looking at my offensive lineman, uh, my center, and they kind of saw me in the background of the film, just throwing it and slinging it and just like running around. And they kind of looked me up and found out I had no offers, uh, only D2 offers and um, some JUCO offers in California. And in California, you got to pay for your own JUCO. So they kind of gave me a call, and um, they wanted to see me throw in person. So that junior college coach came down to Hawaii and kind of went to the park right up the street from my house and kind of just started throwing for him. And uh, he was impressed and 
couple of days later that I get the phone call and they told me they uh, wanted to give me a full ride and, and uh, to that junior college in New Mexico. And um, I was really stoked about it. And I said, any way to get my parents a free education for myself, then that's, that's going to be the best way for me to get to a division one school too. So I kind of took that route and really went, it really went from there, from that junior college. Why Ole Miss over Minnesota? Because at that time, Shea Patterson yeah. was the quarterback of the future. Juco's, you go in and you're trying to start immediately. You knew that Shea was yeah. going to be having the front runner status to be the starting quarterback. So why did you pick Ole Miss over Minnesota? Honestly, like I would have chose Minnesota until I came here. I went on a visit, talked to the coaches, and I really prayed about it, honestly. And that's what really happened. I prayed about it, and I was like, God, if you really want me to go to this school, then give me a sign. And I kind of just felt in my heart that I was a competitor. And I told myself, I told my parents, hey, like, I I always competed, like, since I was little. I'm not going to give up give up now and um, just put my head down and go to a smaller school. I felt like I could play in the SEC. I felt like I could play in the best college conference um, in America and, and go out there and compete. And uh, that's what I told myself and came out here and started Started doing what I what I had to do. I've always been curious as to the recruiting pitch that was given to you from Dan yeah. Warren and Hugh Freeze. Did they recruit you saying, "Hey, we want you to come in here and push him," or did you kind of know going in what the deal was? Yeah. So Dan Warren came came up to me and he was like, "Hey, like we uh, we want you to be our second string guy, but at the same time, I want you to compete because anything can happen. Anything can happen. You can be the starting quarterback in a week, in two weeks, and um, if you perform better than him in in camp, then you could be." Um, the starting quarterback here, and um, he's just he's just saying like, let me tell you, not there's no there's no number two guy behind Shea, there's no number three guy, so you're gonna definitely be in the runnings for being a starting quarterback. So I was just that really pumped me up, kind of a lot, really got me thinking. So that's kind of the pitch they gave me when um, I was still at that junior college. How long did it take you to pick up the offense? It seemed like pretty easily, and you had to do two of them, but that you got it yeah. pretty quick and that's what kind of helps you propelled you to once you did get that opportunity to take it and run with it because if even if Shea had stayed it was going to be a competition yeah I was like really that was basically it just learning it as fast as I can and kind of getting reps at it either if it was physical reps or mental reps and um being a second string guy I had a lot of mental reps so I kind of just sat back and watched what Shea did and if he did something wrong I made sure I wasn't going to make the same mistake and um and it just got better throughout the whole season. And then as soon as uh, I was going to go out and compete again, I was really confident in my playbook, really confident in my play and what I need to do when I go out there. You look back on it now, that was right in the heart of a tough stretch for Ole Miss football with all the stuff swirling, the outside noise. Yeah. But now that you can look back on it, the positives of it, what's your favorite Ole Miss memory? Is it the Kentucky game? I'll say it was a Kentucky game. That being a huge SEC win on the road, in front of a great crowd, my first, actually my second game started. So <clears throat> it was really, it was really good just um, being able to be a part of that. And then of course our, that was my favorite memory. And of course that Mississippi State win that year in Mississippi State. So uh, two road games were kind of my, my biggest ones. What were your thoughts when Matt Luke was named the head coach? I was really excited. I was really pumped for him and the team just because he's, such a great guy and great coach towards all of the players and I know everyone says he's a players coach and it, it really is true he 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 will live and die by uh, by Ole Miss and 
he's just such a great guy and he's really knows everything about it because he played here he coached here and now he's the head coach so he there's no other guy who who knows it all than coach Matt Luke when he gets hired overall did you feel a good sense that this is what they wanted or were y'all expecting something else this is what the whole team wanted and um, when the AD when he came in and Ross Bjork came in and kind of said like hey we need a new face of the program and we need a new uh uh I had coach who would step up for us and when he brought in coach Luke I felt like he was he was the one from the start and I majority of us had had a feeling that he was going to come back and uh be the head coach for us what was it like in the locker room after that state win in Starkville uh it was just such a blast everyone was having fun everyone knew we couldn't go to a bowl game so everyone was just really just uh just celebrating the win like any other locker room and and taking pictures with the trophy all around and we made sure every single one had a had a picture especially the seniors so it was it was really great really really a great feeling after that game I was just smiling the whole night even to bed so it was a good night for everyone do you believe in Matt going forward taking almost to the places it used to be oh I believe that 100 percent I'm I think he he will do what needs to be done and I feel like the coaching staff that he brought in the the offensive scheme that I I really like and the defensive scheme that 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 he he brought in and I I feel like these are these are great opportunities and I feel like coach Luke is is just one step getting closer to to what he uh to his full potential and where he can take Ole Miss uh to the next level so I'm very excited about that. Yeah, I look at this offense, this run, heavy variation of a spread, and the first time I saw yeah. it, I went, man, Jordan Tiamu would have loved that. I would, I would have loved it just because it takes time off the clock, mix in running plays here and there, RPOs, if we mixed in a lot of things. But I really I really like the scheme and everything about it. Yeah, because you and Jerry on Ely with Scotty Phillips, my God. You yeah. want to run all over people. Yeah, I'm seeing them killing right now, especially Ely just – being his first year and going out there and doing what he's doing, it's unbelievable. Just watching Scotty doing what Scotty does and just a tremendous player all around. So it just gets me more hyped up about about watching them play. What's the hardest thing for Matt Corral, for John Rice Plumley, Grant Tisdale, when they step in and now it's your time to go produce? What's the hardest thing to do about yeah. that? Like, what's the hardest area? I think the hardest area is just blocking out the noise and staying focused. I think just because uh, when they're on that field, they know what to do. They know the play call. They know what they need to protect. Focusing during all that noise, focusing during all that nonsense that's going on behind them, making sure they they can communicate to the O-line, communicate to the receivers, the tight end, to what their job needs to be. And um, I feel like that's the hardest part about being doing that. And it's just the noise and just making sure you block that out and make sure you focus and make sure you're locked in on what – Everyone does, because if one person messes up, that could be on you. You just want to make sure you communicate well to your offensive players. I meant to ask you this earlier, and one of the last things here, when all the noise was happening, the NCAA stuff, a lot of uncertainty about Mm -hmm. who was staying. You made it known early, I'm staying. Was there ever a temptation to leave? I heard um, just a couple coaches, like my past coaches, kind of telling me, like, hey, like this is an open spot here. They could call any time, but I kind of made it early and made it known that I was going to stay no matter what and I didn't want any temptations coming my way so I kind of wanted to announce it earlier and make sure everyone knew where my head was at and what I wanted to focus on and I wanted to stay here and 
and uh, just play ball. So, how big was it for AJ to come out and say he was staying? Oh, that, it was just it was huge, and I kind of talked to most of the guys and and really said like, hey, like I I told them that I was staying, I wasn't going anywhere. I felt like they knew what they wanted too, and it didn't matter about a bowl game or anything. It just mattered that that we played as a team and that we had 12 opportunities out there to, to show the world what we can do. And that's honestly where all our heads, heads were at. And the people who transferred weren't all in, but they weren't bought in 100%. So we wanted the guys who wanted to stay in and get give 100% effort to play for the University of Ole Miss. So. Yeah, and I think, and I've said this before, that as time goes by, because y'all were already celebrated when you did that, Ole Miss fans were just so pumped that all yeah. of you stayed. But I think as time goes by and there's more time put between what happened and who stayed and later on down the line that y'all are going to be celebrated yeah. even more. I think y'all are pretty aware of that, too, when y'all made those decisions, right? Yeah, we were all aware of that. He's Jordan Tiamu, former Ole Miss quarterback, headed to the XFL potentially. That should be fun, man. I don't know what all the crazy rules are yeah. going to be, but make sure to get a good celebration in there at least. Oh, no, exactly. So I'm super excited. Just and I'm super excited and pumped for this opportunity just to keep playing football and um, getting a year of experience. So I, I'm super excited to do this journey and see where I go after that. Well, don't be a stranger around these parts. You know, Ole Miss fans will always want to hear uh, from well, you. Yeah. Thank you for doing this, my friend. Yes, I appreciate sir. you, and we'll do it again down the line. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives, securing futures. <laughs> The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman. Let's make a difference together. Joining me now on the Modern Woodman Phone Line is former Ole Miss quarterback Bo Wallace. Now the offensive coordinator and assistant football coach at Fayetteware High School in Tennessee. Bo, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. You were talking off the air about once you got to Fayetteware, 0 for 66 losing streak, but there's been a pretty significant turnaround for you guys, right? Yeah, I think um, at a good – about three years ago, but before that, you had a lot of winning has gone on there since, you know, the late 90s. I think 96 was their best season. So, you know, it's been fun to, uh, you know, see these kids win some ball games with, you know, all the hard work they've put in. Um you know, teaching those guys how to be winners. You know, they, they hadn't won many games, and this year we're 6-2. and two, So just getting those guys to embrace the grind and, and uh, you know, keep fighting. It's always been difficult for me to understand what it truly means to learn how to win because I feel like it's an excuse. Now, high school, that's the ground level. But in college, 
all of these guys, for the most part, have been in highly successful high school programs. They've won before. You came in. Y'all won immediately, and that was with the team no one expected to win immediately. Went to the BBVA Compass Bowl in your debut year. So when Matt Luke's talking about teaching this team how to win, being close, do you buy that, or is there some truth to the cynic like me that believes it's an excuse? Well, I think you have to have guys in the right places that are winners. I've won a lot of games in high school and then in junior college, and then had Cody Pruitt and C.J. Johnson on that defense. You know, young guys – in college, it's a little different because you're going and getting kids from programs that, that are winning programs. So those kids, they shouldn't know how to win. I know that they hadn't won in SEC ball games, but you're recruiting guys that are winners. So um, you have a great point. But in, in, in high school, if you go somewhere that hasn't had as much success, I think you do have to – there's a phase in there where you have to teach them how to win and teach them what it takes to win. I think that's more of it, not teaching them how to win, but – teaching them the daily grind, and, and that's how you win. And you make practice hard, and then the game, you go out there, and it's, it's pretty easy. Once you got done playing football, was the path always to go into coaching? Yeah, I mean, I knew when I was a little kid that I'd get into coaching. And, you know, I love it. It's a passion. You know, it gets me my competitive fix. I love sitting down, game planning against that defensive coordinator and going out on Friday night and, and hopefully having a good plan against them and getting our kids to believe in the game plan throughout the week. So if I come to you at the end of the year, next year, year after that, with a head coaching opportunity for New Albany High School back in Mississippi, you taking it? Yeah, no doubt. Okay, yeah. all right, cool. I, I'd love to get back to Mississippi. It's, uh, right. you know, high school football down there is, you know, unreal. I got to recruit it when I was down in junior college. I'm very happy with where I'm at. But, you know, you're always wanting to, to move ahead and, and further your career. And um, I've got some people around me that's helping me do that, and I couldn't be more blessed about it. Five years since you've been at Ole Miss. And to think, the Mississippi Mayhem year, and now you look at Ole Miss, what are your thoughts? You are such a big part of that. You're probably key cog in that run. So now that you look at Ole Miss and where things are, what are your thoughts? When you look at the sanctions that we had, you know, it's going to be tough to come out and have great seasons. I said last week I thought that the young guys getting all the production, you look at them and they're still playing really hard uh, for Coach Luke. He just has to continue that and get as many wins as he can and, and build on this year. I do think he should deserve another year just because those guys are playing hard for him. And I don't think you want to hurt a, re- a recruiting class when the recruiting class in the past have been so small and things like that. Um, I think for the future of the program, I think it's best to keep him. And, you know, I think those guys are playing hard for him. He's got them playing hard. And I think when you look at firing a guy that's playing a bunch of young guys, I have to look at that. When you think about John Rice Plumley, Matt Corral, Two young quarterbacks, John Rice, a true freshman, Matt Corral, redshirt freshman. You came in and set the world on fire. You were good from day one. How is it for a quarterback, that transition, and being the one that takes over and actually producing when your time is called? What's the challenge there? The thing about Matt is kids are a redshirt freshman, and we kind of put him as the face of the program. I thought we put a lot of pressure on him through pushing him through the media and things like that instead of just kind of letting him develop and, and come along. We expected him to come out there and set the world on fire. Well, that, that doesn't always happen when you're a young guy. Looking back from my sophomore year to my senior year, I didn't know what was going on a lot of the times my sophomore year. You know, it was my first year in the SEC, and I know Matt got to play, you know, his games last year, but it's different when you're out there being the starter, having to manage every down. I think that's that, that kind of hurt him because his, the expectations, but – um, you know, I think John Rice comes in and he has that other that other element. He's the fastest guy on the field when he's out there. You know, I knew that when me and Barry were kind of battling and we kind of 
you know, we would have his packages for him and stuff. I, I felt like I, it got me out of a rhythm a little bit. I kind of wanted to be playing the whole time, but, you know, at the same time, I kind of understood that they felt like that was best for us to score touchdowns, and then and that's what it has to be. But I think that you can be successful doing that kind of stuff. You just can't get your one-dimensional with, with Matt out there, and they know that they're throwing the ball. I think you saw last week. They're dropping eight when Matt gets out there and stuff like that. And in the SEC, it's hard to find windows when, you know, they're dropping eight guys. It's interesting with John Rice Plumley because you look at the lack of passing, and I'm not sure it's so much his inability to pass as the trust in his coaches to get the ball and distribute it where it's supposed to go. Game after game after game, the middle of the field is not being utilized. It's hard for me to rationalize John Rice or Matt, whoever's in at quarterback, is going to the wrong read. When the middle of the field is just consistently not being utilized, at some points you've got to open that up for your players, don't you? Is that more of a coaching thing or a talent thing? I think Rich Rod is kind of trying to protect him a little bit. Being a young guy, uh, he doesn't want to put too many too many tough situations on him. But, I mean, he knows this. You know, I'm, just, I'm a high school offense coordinator. He knows this. You've got to play the whole field, you know, horizontally and vertically. It's kind of like basketball, the way they play it now with the, with the pace and space. Um, you have to use all that space. If you're not utilizing it, there's so many people and other programs that are, are there to do the analytics and things and help game plan that they're game planning for you two weeks in advance. They're going to know everything you're doing, where you're distributing the ball. So I agree, you, you, have, to, you have to make sure you're utilizing the whole field, you know, vertically and horizontally. For me, the screen game almost should be one of the best screen games in the country one of the best screening action teams in the country. Is the screen game something you can add midseason, or if that's not a part of your offensive arsenal, it's not coming until next year? I feel like that's tough when you can't push the ball vertically to have your screen game in because guys are not really worried about rushing the passer when they're not worried about you dropping back and taking shots down the field. They can kind of to read those guys and kind of get in behind the, the offensive linemen that are running the screens. That makes it tougher when you're trying to do your screen actions and things like that. So I think you have to, you know, take your shots down the field with John Rice. I think we take them with Matt, but give him a couple of shots to take the ball down the field. And then I think that just opens up your whole offense when you say, well, okay, we're going to have to make sure, you know, two or three times a game when John Rice is in that we're respecting the pass game because two or three times a game they're going to take a shot. And uh, when we take the shots, we have to be efficient at it. How can you be accurate as a quarterback throwing deep? Because John Rice has had some opportunities and just missed them. I think it's just a feel. Working with quarterback coaches, you can learn those type of things, but I think it's just a feel. And John Rice, he's just got to understand that if you put some air under the ball, those receivers can adjust to it. It's not really high school, and he knows that. He's been in the system since he got here, and he's been throwing to SEC receivers. But if you just put a little air on it, those guys can make those adjustments. And, you know, I remember – feeling like overthrowing balls and guys just running and catching it and just our burst is, uh, you know, unreal. So if he just puts a little bit of air under it, I think um, those guys will be able to go make plays on and adjust to the football and things like that. That's something I've been saying is that we're putting all this on the quarterbacks, the lack of downfield completions or whatever, accuracy issues in the passing game. But Ole Miss, as far as its receivers are concerned, Elijah Moore is far and away the number one receiving option and the numbers after that, there's this wide gap. A lot of that has to do with the wide receiver's inability to get separation. And if you're not getting consistent separation, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is, it's going to be tough to complete passes. Yeah, that's right. You know, we have young receivers that I think are going to be really good, but 
I think if you watch uh, Jordan, the way he threw the deep ball last year, I mean, he was an unbelievable deep ball thrower. I know Jordan's around there a lot. John Rice, that's a guy that if I was him, I would try to talk to. You know, how? what did you think when you threw deep balls? I know he had DK and AJ who could make adjustments and things like that, but Jordan was such a, a great deep ball thrower that if I was John Rice, that's somebody that I would look to to kind of talk to, pick his brain a little bit, and see how he, he approached those things. How's your shoulder feeling? Old, old, and yeah, I can throw a little bit at practice, but I'm old now and breaking down a little bit. So in practice, after you've thrown to the wide receivers, showing the quarterbacks how you do it, do you have to ice the shoulder? Uh, I probably should, but I don't. Well, you've always you been know, stubborn, I, Bo. That's right. It's changed in, in that facet, so. Yeah. Well, if you had to take one wide receiver, of any of the wide receivers you had to make one game-winning catch, is it Laquan or the field? What's the coverage, one-on-one? Let's say it's a too high coverage. you got to do a zone beater. Well, Vince Sanders is really good on that post route in quarters. You know, I love Vince on that. If it's one-on-one, I think the best advice I ever got from Coach Warner was if it's one-on-one, throw it to Laquan every time. <laughs> so I think I'd, I'd probably take that matchup. Why do you think Laquan really hasn't found success in the NFL? That surprised me. Yeah, me too. You know, no doubt. Um, no, I really expected him to go light the league up. I couldn't tell you. Maybe it's the corners are a little bit bigger. They can be physical with him. I don't know. I wish somebody would pick him up and give him a, an opportunity because the kid's a great talent. kid's a great person. and You just wish the best for those guys that you played with. So do you pay attention to what your former teammates are doing, what Hugh Freeze is doing at Liberty, Ole Miss? I mean, are you watching as much football as possible from your old days at Ole Miss still? No doubt. I try to watch Freeze when I can, see what he's doing on offense and I don't really have an NFL team, so I root for guys that I played with. And even A.J. and D.K., those guys are in the Ole Miss fraternity. And anytime you have guys lighting up the league, you want to see what they do every week. And they're just really exciting to watch play. So it's good football when you get to see them, get to get to watch them play. When was the last time you were in Oxford? Not long ago. I haven't been to a game yet just because we break down film on Friday nights. You know, I usually get out of there about 3.30 or 4.00 or so. It's tough to go to a game and then come back and start game planning on Sunday. Um, so I haven't been to a game yet, but I definitely want to get down there soon. What's the reception like when you come back? It's good. You know, it's good. Um, people saying they appreciated what I did there and, and things like that. And that's what it means the most to you is people kind of remember your legacy. And that's all I wanted when I was playing there was to, to leave a mark. And I felt like I did. And, and our team was able to do that as well. Yeah, because I've said this before, and I've told you this before. I think I told you the last time you were on the podcast, of all the players in Ole Miss history, you were one of the most important. And I think now with the benefit of time, you can look back and say, yeah, I get that now. Yeah, yeah. I had some ups, ups and downs there. Wish I, I, I could have been a little bit more consistent. Um, but, you know, you learn. You, know, you learn, and all the rough times that I had, they've kind of built me into the coach I am and the grinder that I am now. And I appreciate the great times, but – even more, I appreciate the times that you learn a lot about yourself. How many times have you rewatched the Alabama game? Uh, not too much anymore. Uh, really? You know, if it's on, yeah, yeah. If it's on, I'll watch it. But sometimes I'll go back and I'll see something in the defense we're playing, and I'll go back and find something from my old cut-up that we used and uh, try to implement that in my game plan. But I'm not really watching just to watch. It's more of what were we doing right there? How do we attack that? And uh, what can I use that we used to use for, for now? The one throw you could take back would be what? Oh, shit, LSU all day. I knew it. 
<laughs> yeah. 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 What did you see when you threw that ball? I was on the bench, and, uh, you know, I, th- I thought we was going to kick a field goal. All of a sudden, I started hearing my name. So we're running a uh, – we're rolling out. We're running a, uh, a hitch route. Quan's supposed to run it at about four yards, sit it on the sideline. Cody's going to run a fade, you know, right through him. I saw that I had Cody when I rolled out. Laquan kind of took it to about seven or eight yards, so it messed up the timing a little bit. Um, and then I kind of saw Cody run by the guy. Didn't even see the safety over the top because he was on the right hash when we started rolling. And I think I just – I left the ball up too much. So if I were threw it a little farther, I think Cody could have made a play on it. And one of the worst decisions I ever made could have been one of the best. But at the end of the day, that's not what happened. And that's something I got to live with. And it sucks. You know, you regret it, but it is what it is. I mean, come on. No one's thinking about that game anymore. You don't have to live yeah. with that, dude. You don't have to live with that one. Come on. Yeah, well, you know you know me. It's tough to try to do things the right way all the time. And that one just sucks. You know, when you look back at the, uh, what we were doing that year, I had a chance to win that game. But I will say, we tried to run the ball every first down. And it really started getting frustrating when we were – I think we're minus two yards on first down rushes, and that kind of hurt us that whole game. We were an offense that was very confident, and I felt like we got very conservative that game. That kind of sucks looking back on. Well, I love Andrew Ritter to death. Good friend of the program. He's been on here multiple times, but Andrew would have had to make, like, what, a 50-yarder? Yeah, uh, I think it was. It wasn't Andrew at that time. Andrew had graduated, so it oh. was uh, It was Wonderlit. I think it was Wonderlick. Okay, it was Gary. Okay, and I think he may have, was he a freshman that year? Yeah, he was yeah, young. Yeah, so it would have been a it would been a big time kick. I mean, come on, let's not act like that was the game ender. The game ender was all the injuries and everything yeah. that Ole Miss had to do. I mean, that that's kind of what it was. Who was right. the best teammate you ever had? DT's up there, just the leader he is. I'll tell you, my senior year was the first time I've been on a team that really just cared about the success of everybody else. We knew that my success was going to come if Quan's successful, if guys cared about each other. When I look back, that whole team was just special. But, you know, we had some special individuals, DT, uh, CJ. He didn't get to play as much my senior year, but he was always there. Cody Pruitt, what a leader in the back end for us. Jalen Walton being a is, and he's throwing blocks and pass protection. Really cared about each other on that senior team. Which Egg Bowl win was sweeter? beating Dak and that Mississippi State team at home after they were number one that year or the other Egg Bowl? Beating them at home, supposedly the best team they ever had. We go out there and everybody's hurt. I'm pretty much playing on, on one leg and uh, to go score all those points. And, and that was a fun uh, game plan that, that Coach Freeze had. You know, we kind of just threw the kitchen sink at them and uh, you saw what the Jordan, Jordan Wilkins pass late in the game and then uh, what an awesome run by Jalen Walton, that 94-yarder or whatever it was. Uh, so that's probably my biggest memory. Is and, and I remember the crowd that game. You know, it was just electric. Uh, they helped us they helped us out a lot to win that game. And uh, so, you know, looking back, that's probably my favorite memory of the Egg Bowl. I've always wanted to say this to you before I let you go. That Peach Bowl wasn't your fault. I feel like Robin Williams <laughs> in Goodwill Hunting. My God, I felt bad for you. I remember uh, the first snap, we ran a, a boot play, and I got hit in the mouth, and I, I said, yep, this is going to be a fun <laughs> one right here. So uh, that's <laughs> I tell you, I, I hadn't watched that film. Uh, I don't think I ever will. Yeah, so. no, no. No, no I, disrespect I feel, to I, anybody, but there's a difference when Laramie Tunsil is not your left tackle.
right. Yeah, if I start uh, thinking about it too much, I start shaking. So I yeah. try to keep it out of my head. Worst hit you ever took was that in that game? No, Kenny Vaccaro. Um, remember my sophomore year, we're playing oh, Texas. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, I go out on an option, I take a pitch, and I never see him coming. He hits me right in the ribs. He doesn't even hit me in the head, and everything went white, and I just started hearing sirens in my head and uh, couldn't breathe. So uh, I think that's the hardest hit I took. Yeah. Rib shots are probably <laughs> the worst shots to take, right? Yeah. I, I, what I, I got lucky that one of his uh, teammates were behind me, or he probably would have knocked me about six yards backwards. He hit me so hard. So, oh, God. Yeah, uh, yeah it would have looked real bad if that guy wasn't behind me to, run, to, to fall into. But you want your son to play football, everybody, right? There's no doubt about it. It's oh, the best on. game in the world. Oh, so. that sounds like a coach. You know how I know you're a coach? You're saying stuff like that. Best game yep. in the world. Yep. Best time of your lives. Now you're a coach. That's it. Yeah. That's He's it. Bo Wallace, former Ole Miss quarterback. Nothing but love for you, buddy. Thank you for doing this. We'll do it again. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.